Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. I'm Eric Scuzz. Wish I could be at Welsh Ryan's Gauspo. Yeah, uh, how about it? Um, men's basketball coming off their COVID break uh, with a couple nice wins. Um, you know, a rock fight against Wisconsin. And then as we record tonight on uh, Wednesday night, um, an absolute drubbing of Nebraska. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But before we do, um, just, you know, wanted to say give a shout out to everyone who has jumped on the uh, our Westlaw Pirates outing against Purdue on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, the tickets have sold out. So for all of you who got your tickets, way, way to be on that. And uh, yeah, if, if you weren't able to, to get tickets uh, through uh, through the, through us, um, there's there might still be tickets left. I mean, it, it is Purdue. I think that game's. I I would imagine that game's going to sell out. I mean, get on it if you can. I mean, we were we are so stoked about this. Credit to Tom Moorhead and Alumni Club of Chicago for putting this together, and and um, Jay, of course, from Lake the Post for for promoting it. And we are happy to to do everything we've been able to promote it. But this is going to be a this is going to be a shindig. Seventy five <laughs> tickets have sold have sold out. Um, and again, any and, and of you, can, you you can buy beer in the stadium now. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. 60, 75 well-lubricated, vociferous Northwestern fans. It's going to be awesome. And yeah, if there are still tickets um, and you haven't been able to get in on this, see if you can, because it's it's going to be a raucous party. Um, yeah. if, I, if I may be so presumptuous, um, given that I can't be there, unfortunately, my dad is going to be in town here in the Natty, so uh, no, no traveling up to, to Chi-Town for me that weekend. But... Um, I would imagine with that corpus of uh, vociferous Northwestern fans that a, a gathering of some nature before the game um, could could well be in the cards, um, be it at the stadium or, you know, if, if weather is uh, weather affords the um, the all too rare basketball tailgate, which oh, uh, the basketball a, lot tailgate. Of, a lot of fun with in the past. Right. So um, I don't know, just throwing out there some food for thought, I think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if people are, are excited about getting together for, you know, a lunch meetup ahead of time or, um, you know, those that aren't too uh, too wedded to the Super Bowl festivities might hang out for a bit afterwards. Um, but it, like so even if you're not part of the group, like what I'm saying is this game that like this team's a lot of fun. Um, this is a game against potent, potentially against number one Purdue. Uh, it's going to be uh, a big deal. You're going to have a ton of folks there. Everybody's going to be there. Go be a part of the party. Be a part of the crowd. Um, and uh, yeah, support the squad. They've certainly earned um, earned all the eyeballs that uh, we can put on them this year. And you know, as we've said many times, like enjoy this ride. I'm I'm just thinking about the the last time there was a basketball related gathering where everyone really clustered together and there was much merriment was at the John Rothstein party at the end of, <laughs> <laughs> the end of last season. One year season too early, where, John. One year too the, early. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. One year too early. The circumstances were certainly very different, but I think we ended up having an absolute blast and there was just the, the chance to talk with everyone and just it was even in those circumstances, the vibes were so great. And here you're going to have this mass group gathering of people coming together uh, in in the in the best of times. I mean, to to Rothstein's credit, though, I mean, his prediction might have taken the COVID year. 
<laughs> there you go. Exactly. It it's it found its extra year of eligibility. Um, boy, I mean, as long as we're talking about bouncing back from COVID, uh, I mean, let's let's certainly let's call that. it let's call a spade a spade. And we've said this a couple of different times. Like the talent profile of this Northwestern team is different from last year, and and not in a good way. Last yeah. year's team was deeper, older had more flexibility in the way that they could deploy lineups. And it is so much of what we are seeing is truly a, a coaching change. And some of that is the, the excellent defensive scheme that has, has come aboard from, from finding an, an excellent defensive coach to come and coach that. And some of it is Collins and the staff that has been there coaching their asses off after yeah. like just weird decisions during the, the Pete Nance uh, era I, like where I, I don't know. I don't know if they got like out over their skis uh, and overconfident thinking that talent and recruiting was going to win the day. Um, but they have a, a, a an objectively less talented team this year and th- they're playing so much harder, so much smarter. Like, you know, some of the same problems persist in terms of, you know, late game consistency and, um, you know, depth and tiring out and those sorts of things. But like, this team is just like they look like a like the polar opposite from what we've seen the last three or four years. It's crazy. The there's there's been a lot of kind of a lot of things that have been hard to wrap my head around lately. Um, I mean, everything that happened in this Nebraska game, which we'll we'll get into in a little bit, but just just roll this one around, okay? Northwestern, as we know, lost to Rutgers in that tight game and the kind of game that was that was a real gut punch loss, right? And some teams would not bounce back from a, a loss like that. And the Cats most definitely have bounced back. But consider this. If Northwestern had won that game, Northwestern would be alone in second place in the Big Ten right now. That is just so in, broken to in think big, about. In Big Ten wins... And in total wins, it is just, this is, I mean, again, we'll kind of bat around the good and the bad of it, but the Big Ten is a sloppy mess this year. And Northwestern is, you know, has has picked that year to field what obviously for the Cats is a very good basketball team. And... I mean, I, you know, earlier in the season, we were trying to map things out and being like, all right, so, you know, if we go through this stage, but then you're going to reach this stage of the schedule. And it's like, as things stand right now, we have one ranked team on the rest of our schedule, and that is the Purdue Boilermakers. And there is nary another ranked team to be found in the Big Ten. And that is by no means a free pass, is by no means a free lunch. But, you know, if we're looking at, whatever it is at this point, 12 more rock fights between now and the Big Ten tournament, uh, you know, this is the kind of landscape we can definitely throw our weight around in. Yeah, I mean, you know, our ne- our next game is against Minnesota, uh, a team that is abjectly bad this season. And like, you know, Nebraska's not good either, but at least their overall record is hovering around 500. I mean, Nebraska or Minnesota one and seven in conference, seven eleven overall. Um, they're the only team, again, besides Nebraska, who's basically five hundred. But Minnesota's the only team with a under five hundred uh, overall ranking uh, in the conference. And you know, looking at the like, like you said, looking at the conference standings, you know, everyone has 13, 12, 13, 14 wins. You know, Purdue's on the top at nineteen and one, 
eight and one in the conference, and then it's just blah. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, <clears throat> I mean, it's weird. I mean, you look. Ohio State is third from the bottom of the conference right now. We all saw how that game went, and but I think you can kind of look even at that game as a little bit of a litmus test where we talked about um, the. I mean, and, and Scuzz mentioned it, right? That this is not a team that, like, this team, neither this season nor over the past five years has had the clutch gene, right? I mean, it's like late game situations, things tend to go bad. If this team needs a bucket, has to have a bucket down late, bad things tend to happen, right? Like, that's the history see we're all Auburn. familiar with. Right, yeah, right. And that's... See Auburn, that's, see Rutgers... Right. I mean, that, and that's what we're familiar with. But in the face of that, and like Scuzz said, in the face of what, to the beginning of the season, to all of us, look like a talent deficiency, they've built this just tremendous foundation of what they do well. And I think maybe in interest of pivoting to the first of these two games, the Wisconsin game, right? I think what I loved about the end of that game is, I mean, those, those two teams were dead even. I mean, we were tweeting it out, like statistically, through like three quarters of that game, not only were they tied in the scoreboard, they were tied in every meaningful statistic. I mean, just neck and neck. And without making big shots down the stretch, the Cats did it and they did it their way. They put a lid on the basket for the past, you know, the last like five or six Wisconsin trips up the floor, and then they hit their free throws. And I, you know, I loved that. I I love that. This team has that specific character and that specific identity, and in that game, they found a way to use it to win. Well, and I think it's I think it's important to, to contrast, you know, the the Nebraskas and the Wisconsins, and, and Wisconsin's maybe a little bit of a different animal, but like, I mean, Wisconsin's a team with, um, you know, one really strong offensive player in Tyler Wall, or, or maybe a centerpiece, and you have some other guys, you know, around um, around him that are that are solid as well um chucky hepper in particular comes to mind but um the cats did a great job of just using audige to deny wall the ball in those in those key moments down the stretch they did not make the mistake they made against rutgers letting letting a a hot player uh get to take a shot and that you know they i would have liked to have seen them hit a couple things on the other end um but uh to salt, you know, salt that game away maybe a little bit more securely. But um, you know, when 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 you hear talking heads or coaches or folks like us say things like learning how to win, like that's a that's a real thing. And um, you know, that's so that 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 that's a big that's a big opportunity. At the same time, like Wisconsin's not a big physical athletic team like Rutgers. Um, or Ohio State, or even Michigan State. So that that's uh, so that, that's so hard to hear. Like Wisconsin's not a big physical. T- I mean, you just had the football in mind of like Wisconsin. Yeah, is the I know. <laughs> big physical. Well, well, well. And what this was like? Like Wisconsin had won eight straight or seven straight games um, against Northwestern, and yeah. you know they 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 typically like dominate possession and. Um, it's not the prettiest basketball, but um, they get it done the Wisconsin way, and and Northwestern kind of outdid them on that on that mode. And then tonight, you know, Nebraska, not a strong physical team, um, a team that that you know Northwestern kind of had their way with, uh, uh, much on the back of of Ty Berry shooting. But I think 
you're seeing this this Cats team win in different ways, which which is, I mean, last year, and and maybe early in the season, right? If you didn't have um, a great chase game or a great boo game, um, there was no chance. And now you're seeing some other role players, some other some other ways that the Cats can can uh, can ice games or win games, and it's just you can kind of see this team growing into itself and. I, I, like, I don't have a lot else to say about these two games in particular. I'm more interested in spinning it forward, but I'm curious if, if you guys have anything else that you want to you dive into here with, with vis-a-vis Wisconsin and Nebraska. Yeah, so I, so I did in terms of... So obviously, I think one of the things that people, I think, would be looking towards, right, is, I mean, you can go back to that Ohio State game, right? And we know that Ohio State, again, everything went wrong for the Cats in that game. And in hindsight, I think we have the ability to really look and be like, everything went wrong for the cats in that game. Cause the cats have been a really good team this year. Um, but also I think you can look in and there has been so much within Northwestern nation of being like, for the love of God, do not put the cart before the horse here. No one count their chickens for the love of God. Do not count your chickens. There's so much more basketball to be played. And that's true. But I think part of the consternation and one wing of that was, okay, this defense, you know, this defense looks so good through the non-con, but how's it going to be, you know, when it comes into the Big Ten? And now we know pretty damn good. And one other part of that is we're seeing what it looks like against some of the more offensively challenged teams in the Big Ten, right? That includes Rutgers. Now, we all remember Pat Spencer's brother draining a bunch of threes in that game, but that was the difference in that game. Aside from that, neither of those teams were able to really get much going on offense at all. There were huge periods of time where that game was a straight-up rock fight. The Wisconsin game had a lot of the same character. But what you're seeing is... Teams that are not used to scoring the ball against most teams have real problems scoring the ball against Northwestern. And that includes Wisconsin and it includes Nebraska. So again, continuing not to put the cart before the horse, but you look at a Minnesota coming up next and, you know, again, we want to see it again against Minnesota. Let's run back this this Nebraska performance again. But you believe that it can happen. Because you've seen it happen. You've seen this Northwestern defense not only throttle up against the big, the best offenses, but be able to throttle up against the worst offenses and really put a clamp on them. And then the other piece, too, and this goes to the, the Ty Berry piece, um, which is we put out a tweet this morning that was kind of like a joke, a joke tweet um, relative to uh, The Last of Us and the opening scene of The Last of Us. So this is not a spoiler because it's literally the first thing you see in the show if you haven't watched the show yet. And if you haven't watched the show yet, do it. Yeah, what are you doing? really good. Pause the podcast and go knock out an episode. Um, But the just this this take of this scientist effectively foreshadowing all the horrible things that are going to happen, saying like, but what if things were to change? What if the world were to get a little bit warmer? And... Just playing around with that and having fun, but considering the fact that um, this season Northwestern's doing everything that they're doing right, four and fourteen and five, five and three in the conference during Boo Booey's coldest overall shooting season of his career, and Chase Audija's second overall coldest shooting a season of his career. Now you can easily look at that and be like, well, that's 
a natural result of those guys scaling up their volume this year because we don't have Pete Nance anymore and we don't have Ryan Young anymore. And that's totally true. But it also presents the possibility that if, say, some other guys step up and emerge as scorers and allow Boo and Chase to readjust their volume, that would have the dual effect of raising everybody's game because then you could potentially see their percentages tick back up. You could potentially see more shot selection, Chase forcing less, you know, off-balance corner jumpers, those kind of things. Um, and their efficiency could go up. And then the and, and at the same time, you would have other guys stepping up and filling that load. Well, tonight, Ty Berry absolutely friggin' went off. Um, he had 26 points, shot 50% from three, um, scored 15 points over his over his career over his season average, and 15 points is what we won by. And that is the thing. And that is the thing. I mean, you're there's so much girding of the loins and so much being scared and pessimistic, and that is all warranted. Um, but it's worth a second to consider: what if some gunners do emerge? What if a guy like Ty Berry just decides to become the lead pipe lock third banana of this team and start dropping in 15 points a game? What does that do to this team that is already so good on defense and is just looking for a little bit more offensive efficiency? Like, there are other levels this team can go to. If you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence, hire Kent Sinson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting murder cases in Chicago, Sinson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases. He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients. No fee unless he wins. The Sinson Law Group. Compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SinsonLawGroup.com or call 312-332-2107 for a free consultation. And go cats. So, and you know, as we do start to spin it forward a little bit, um, you know, like, like you said, Minnesota coming up this weekend, and then at Iowa, home against Michigan. I mean, uh, game on ESPN too. So that you know, chance to kind of right the wrong of earlier this season. I mean, to to me, to me, I want, I think I want to. I don't want to overlook this Minnesota game because this okay. team sure. cannot afford right to overlook no. anybody. They've got to ha- like keep the gas down, just like John was saying. They've they've got to run this back. What they, what we saw tonight, do it again against Minnesota. Take a team that um, struggles to score, uh, doesn't have you know a lot of talent. Their coach is probably going to get like go after the season. Like take care of business. Get that fifteenth win. Iowa presents an interesting challenge in that they have a, like, unlike Wisconsin, who's like top three scorers all average, like roughly 13 points a game. Um, I mean, Tyler Wall is, is the go-to, but Iowa has one player in Chris Murray, who is um, unquestionably their top scorer. I mean, 21 points a game. Um, Rebecca uh, Phillip is, or Philip Rebecca is, is, uh, you know, at 14, et cetera. But, you know, Chris Murray's the, very similar player to Tyler Wall in terms of body size, um, height, etc. Like Chase Audige will have his hands full, but you know this is a team that relies on their ability to outscore their opponent. They're averaging over eighty a game. Um, 
Adish can erase a top player on the other team. And, 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 and what does that, what does that look like? What, what happens to an Iowa if, if you're able to stop their top player? I think it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. Um, I think, especially at home, uh, you know, Iowa has all the potential to run Northwestern out of the gym, um, just in the way they, they, you know, try to maximize possessions and, and outscore opponents, et cetera. I think it's very possible they could do that, even if even if Murray has a has a down game or an off game. But um, that that to me is a fascinating matchup that, that that starts to kind of measure like what the potential of this Northwestern team could be as they get into the the heart of the season. And, and I think what's interesting, um, you know, th- this is the Iowa game that was postponed uh, due to COVID from last week. So, uh, you know, they, they've been able to, you know, replace both the Iowa and Wisconsin games. But, you know, you're looking at just a real condensed schedule. I mean, like it's like an NBA schedule. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin, like we played Wisconsin on Monday and then we were supposed to play Nebraska Tuesday. We put pushed it back a day. Uh, to squeeze it in so we're not playing like back-to-backs because, I mean, aside from tournament play, when have you seen like a back-to-back in the regular season? It just doesn't happen. But like the games are just boom, 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 boom. Not a lot of space between, not a lot of chance to catch your breath. So Even even still, like Wednesday to, to Saturday is, is, is pretty normal in college basketball, That's right? That's true, from, yeah. From tonight, tonight to the Minnesota game. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday to Tuesday, Minnesota to Iowa. That is that's certainly a a, a little tight. Um, but given that Minnesota's at home, you know, like they don't have to travel. Like I, like I, it's not too crazy. Um, it's a little more condensed than you know it should have been. Well, I think it's on the it's on the back end because coming off that Iowa game, you get Michigan two days later, right? Uh, at home at night, but still, and then you have to turn around three days later and go on the road to Wisconsin. That that's where it starts to feel like it, it's going to be taxing is in, is in that, you know, like, like, like getting a repeat win at Wisconsin on two, five is going to be a tall order. Get given the, the, the schedule between now and then it's all a tall order. I mean, you look at this and it's like, first <laughs> you've got, you've got Minnesota, which like you said, it's like trap, trappy, trap, trap, which again is why, there's so many good feels coming out of the Wisconsin-Nebraska game because of the, the the defensive performances against those teams. You could see that replicated against Minnesota. But again, trap, trappy, trap. Luckily, it's going to be in front of a, a raucous Welsh riot, and that's going to help a lot. But boy, oh boy. I mean, at Iowa, and like you said, this, the character of that team, because as you outlined, is very different from last year's Iowa team. But the last time we saw this Iowa team, they were basically blowing our doors off in the Big Ten cha- in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I think yep. we all still bear the scars from that one. And Michigan, who's beaten us, like you said, you know, on the road in the Kohl Center against a Wisconsin team that for ninety percent of that game we were neck and neck with Ohio State, who beat us the number one team in the country, right, trying to get the sweep in Indiana, then Iowa. I mean, it is it is what it is. I mean, earlier in the season, when I was trying to map this out in phases, I was kind of being like, all right, so there's a phase that effectively goes until the end of January. And that phase is a little bit different now because the Iowa game being moved the way that it was. But basically, I was looking at and, and effectively being like, all right, if Northwestern can get to 15 and 5 
then if we could just basically try to get a split or even something close to a split down the stretch, um, then that, you know, maybe we could manage that. And that's kind of what we're staring at. We're, we're staring at the exact benchmark that I marked out if we can just beat the worst team in the Big Ten on the 28th. But again, that's all based on the fact that, like, it is going to be knockdown drag out. These are, I mean, you look at the schedule, there's not every one of these games is going to be hard. Every single one of them. And it's a testament to the character of this Cats team that I think they're going to be in all these games. But, you know, it's it's going to be weird to see, you know, how this ends up. And, and again, cart before the horse, I know. But it's like people are daring. I mean, we have the number three team in the Big Ten right now. So people are daring to talk about tourney births. Um, oh, easy, easy. Don't but, say the T word. But, I mean, they're... There's going to be a question of how many of these teams get tourney berths. Um, there are, I mean, take let's take Michigan, for example. The team ranked directly behind us, tied with us in the standings. They have a win over us, their overall record. Michigan's 5-3 and three in conference. They're 11-8 and eight overall. They are going to have to get on fire to make the tournament down the stretch. Um, that includes losses to Arizona State, yeah. number three Virginia, number 19 Kentucky, uh, unranked North Carolina, unranked Central Michigan, yikes. Yep. Uh, Michigan State, Iowa, Maryland. I mean, yeah, that like like they're gonna have to go on some kind of run at the end of the season here in the Big Ten tournament to 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 make it. It's funny. I think I think Lenardi has got like eleven Big Ten teams. This might be out of date, but I think he's got like eleven Big Ten teams in his in his field right now, and it just it just that does does doesn't seem right. Like, like, I just don't think you're going to get that many in. I just feel like you're going to have to see some cream starting to rise to the top. Like, there's going to have to be some sorting out of this. I mean, again, the Big Ten has one ranked team right now, and it's the number one team in the country. And that's great for Rutgers, who right now is probably your lead pipe lock number two team because they're second in the standings and they beat Purdue. Um, but for everyone else, I mean, it just means they're getting clocked by Purdue. So... Yeah, I mean, I, even a, like a team like Michigan State, like they're five and four, thirteen and seven, like they're in the same boat we are. A lot of these teams are going to have to kind of catch fire and then and then see where it all works out. But I think you're going to have to see some teams separate because if it if it all looks like this at the end, yeah, you ain't going to see eleven berths out of this just because it's the Big Ten. Like that laundry is not going to carry the day. But regardless, I mean, like it's a glass half full, right? Again. You ought to be able to look at this and at the standings and the way Northwestern has played and be like, Northwestern can give as good as they get against every team here other than Purdue. The, uh, tw- the other 12 teams, Northwestern can give as good as they get in those games. And, you know, let's like, you know, it's like part, it's like, let's get a second shot at the Buckeyes, you know, like, let's see. Now that we know what this team really is, let's see if we cannot bury ourselves under a horrible start in that game, and let's see what can happen. You know, but yeah, there there are not going to be any gimmies. It is going to be just knockdown drag out from this point forward. We talk about the Big Ten being a meat grinder, um, and yeah. I, I think the the difference this year uh, is that uh, we're not necessarily the uh, the piece of sirloin that's ready to go into the grinder. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're uh, <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. The, well, we're, we're, we're like a part of it. Say, at, yeah. At the same time, Illinois, um, Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, Rutgers, 
all these teams get a second look at us mm-hmm. down the stretch. Sure. Right? Yep. Um, and that all like it's it's a big deal in basketball, right? On both on both on on both sides, but like um, we'll see how that plays out. I think like with regard to tourney predictions or or whatever, it was way too early, and not just because we don't know how many t- how many bids the Big Ten is going to get. It's just it is it is way too early to be forecasting because this is all just so so tight. The idea that this team is is on a is on a ride and on a run right now, and they're going to be fun they're they're relevant at like it's january 25th this team is relevant and in the conversation yep yeah like just like soak that in and enjoy it and like postseason expectations like we'll we'll see when we get there um but this team is relevant in a year that literally none of us thought they would have a, a a chance in hell and i don't mean just the three of us i mean like you look at like find me a a northwestern fan that like put it out there that like, Oh yeah, this, this team's this team's going to win double digits. I don't think we even thought that was plausible. No. And then, you know, the other thing too, I mean, as long as we're celebrating, we've said it a million times over the past couple of weeks. Um, but it's because you mentioned it earlier, effectively in the exact same language, but Kevin Sweeney of college basketball central, you know, tweeted out that he was talking about the Wisconsin game. And he was saying like, look down the line, you know, in crunch time when it really mattered, Wisconsin didn't have the guys at the on the offense who could crack the who could crack the Northwestern defense. And the way he described it is they've got a bunch of guys that are non-factors offensively and that's trouble because Northwestern takes away one spot on the floor right off the bat by putting Chase Adij on you and it's like yes they do. And it's funny I was I I found a funny gift to tweet out about it, about a bunch of wildebeest staring at something that could be a rock or could be a crocodile. And just to put it out, because I almost thinking almost is like, I almost think of like Chase Adige as like the crocodile where it's like that guy pulls you underwater and that's it. You're you're if like whatever the number one offensive option on your team, he just drags you underwater and that's it. And it is unbelievable. It's just crazy to watch a guy who can take the other team's best player out of the game like that. I mean, you see, I think a lot of times in the NBA, you get used to thinking of certain guys, right? Whether it's like a Kobe or an MJ or someone like that and be like, these are unbelievable defensive guards. Um, But Chase is just at the college level to just have a guy who can just erase someone like that. Man, I mean, again, it's like get to Welsh Ryan. And uh, and buy a ticket and watch this guy play because he's one of the best defensive players you'll ever, you are ever gonna see. Anything else to mention about the guys before uh, we just briefly talk about the ladies? No, yeah, buckle up, buckle up, and and uh, we'll keep talking about it. But we're gonna see y'all on the twelfth. Yeah, and um, you know the women played today as well, and they won. For the first time in a really, really long time, knocking off Chicago State eighty-seven sixty-four. Um, like, like we've said, you know, every week we say it, it's been it's been a rough go uh, for the ladies, but uh, you know, we talked about the state that the Big Ten men's basketball is in right now. Um, the woman, the woman have the numbers two, what? Two, six, ten, eleven, thirteen, and twenty-second ranked teams in the country. Um, 
Oh, I think you're looking at out of date stand. I, I think Indiana and Iowa are, I, I think, are in the top. Oh, okay. Five. I must be. I must be. I know they had. You're right because a lot. I was looking at. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. They are. I, I think they're. I think they're number two and number three overall because Iowa upset Ohio yeah. State and Indiana you're right. beat Michigan. I think I am. Um, and so I. Th- there. I mean, it's yeah, but it's, so like <laughs> it's just ludicrous. I mean. They, yeah, but but three three top ten te- three top five teams top ten teams. Um, you've got Maryland like on the cusp of the top ten. Um, Illinois has been has been ranked this season now. Like interesting, like that was you know the the Cats have been winless in the Big Ten. Um, but their last game uh, over the weekend, they took Illinois to the wire. Yeah, uh, in Evanston, um, sixty seven sixty four. Illinois is ranked number twenty one going into that game. Um, so, uh, like they're, they, I'll say they're getting closer. Like, um, they, I mean, they found, they found a, a good game against Illinois twice. Now, obviously that's their rival. Um, but the, that Illinois women's team is, is really solid. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll see how the, how the rest of the stretch goes here. You've got a Maryland team coming back, um, uh, to Welsh Ryan on two nine. But other than that, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of out of harm's way with the, those top five or six teams in the conference. I mean, everybody else you're playing is, is, is seventh or, or below, um, the rest of the way here. So we'll, you know, we'll see, You've we'll see what a, happens. It's such a clear power structure in the conference this year. Right. Like you said, I mean, right. The cats are going to have a chance to, to get a bunch of building block wins, right? We know this is a young team and they're going to have a chance to take a bunch of those stepping stone wins. And again, the layout of this conference is such that like, right. There is just such a hard ceiling on the roof of this conference, and and for people that are being like, well, the Big Ten always has good teams, not like this. There, I mean, the big the Big Ten's looking at no. probably a one no. seed, maybe more than one one seed, which is that is like no man's land. I mean, I, I, I Iowa and Indiana, Iowa and Indiana are in position for it, and Ohio State ain't far behind. Um, those three teams right. and are the all best in player league. in the country. Is if it's not Aliyah Boston at South Carolina, it's Caitlin Clark. I mean, I'm so. I mean, you're talking about best teams in the country, best player in the country. I mean, I think a lot of people are you're used to like a South Carolina power structure, a UConn power structure, et cetera. It's like the Big Ten is is stacked this year. So whatever, yeah. the Cats are going to be sitting that conversation out, and they're going to be building themselves back up. The nine the nine conference games Northwestern has had thus far, they've played number seventeen Michigan, number twenty one Illinois twice. Uh, number six, Indiana, number now, what, two or three, Iowa. Uh, they've played Ohio state twice. <laughs> I mean, I mean been, it couldn't it, get any it, worse. Like, like of those, of those yeah. nine games. Yeah. It's, it's been, it, it, their schedule has been as front loaded as humanly possible, which frankly for the state of the team is kind of good. Cause now they do get to, you know, they get two against Wisconsin. They get two against Nebraska. They get a Minnesota, um, Rutgers, Penn state, you know, like they, they there's, there's there's an opportunity to to develop um and and to get some really meaningful uh game time here down down the stretch and and frankly prepare for next season so um we'll see how they go and we'll see we'll see what what comes out the other side it was uh nice to see caroline Lau get uh a lot of run today i mean she had a pr- a pretty good game against chicago state yeah caroline was 3 of 6 from from 3 um she's the only player on the team to hit a three pointer hit her free throws um Obviously, it was a leading scorer. You had Kaylee Walsh chipping in seventeen down low. Walsh has, has been 
has you know continued to develop on the offensive side. I think um, turnovers and then fouls uh, on the other end. Although she only had one today, have, have been a have been a concern. But um, yeah, I like the, the, this team has talent. I mean, McWilliams was a, was a, was a big recruit. Um, we know we you know we've seen Mott in action. Um, Rainey is really solid. Uh, you did not see. Um, well, Julian Brown got like 18 minutes tonight. We know she's um, uh, a, a strong player with a lot of upside. Courtney Shaw only played only played 15 um, a night. A night maybe you know give her a little bit of a rest. She's such a go-to component of this team. Uh, Sid Wood did not play. Not sure what to make of that. Um, ho- hopefully she is uh, healthy, and this was just a night off for her. But um, I mean, it's not like it's not like this team doesn't have players. They just don't. You know, they've had two of the best players in Northwestern women's basketball history leave the program the last two, each of the last two seasons. And, um, you know, players that were the, the unquestioned leaders of this team just take some time to rebound from that. Well, in like 20, like, like Lala, like 20, she had put up 27 and six, right? I mean, she's all over the place. I mean, you're looking for like breakout games and it's like, she's a freshman. You're coming in and then immediately yeah. you're playing like, num- like number two Ohio state twice. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's tough to build the forward momentum and the back half of this schedule is going to give them some chance to do that. Now, Chicago state is like bad. objectively horrible. Very bad. So right. like this was a get right game for, for the women's team and they got right. And now let's see what they can build on it. Yeah, so um, anything else to, to cover before we get out of here tonight? One of the things we should just mention, I mean, it's still a couple of weeks out, but I mean, I, I it's, it's crazy. And I think we wouldn't be talking about this this early last year or any other year, but this year we definitely are. It's crazy how quickly softball season comes. And softball season, so it's January, we're recording January 25th. February 10th is when they first play. So... Softball season is going to be coming up quick, and we're going to have some some stuff on that for sure. So um, we are we're going to have some some great content for you guys relative to softball. But it's just funny because I mean, again, I know a lot of you are going to be spending a lot of time focused on a lot of softball, and just lest you forget, it, it starts quick. So couple couple weeks out, um, and we'll already be able to start looking at that. Yeah, get ready for a proper season preview, I guess is the best way we can put it. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we'll go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at westlawpirates. And email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying a red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scousboy, Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.